Mike D. Richard, how you doing, man? Doing well. All right. You ready to dive into this tonight? Uh, yeah, I was just thinking about I can't believe it's been, uh, what, 17 days since the Super Bowl. I know, right? <laughs> Time flies when you're uh, yep. not having a whole lot of fun. Yeah, I was about to say, I, uh, I've i done very little as far as uh, prep work in between our uh, last podcast and this podcast. Work's been a little crazy, but I'll try to do the best I can tonight. I know the feeling. We'll wing it. Um, yeah. Well, so yesterday I was at work, and uh, I was, uh, I, I'd was i been in meetings most of the day, so I, I clicked on the internet, and the homepage popped up, and I see Tiger Woods' car, or SUV, I guess, in a banged up in a crash and i was like oh that's one of those old uh pop-up stories from years ago thinking it was the the famous uh car crash he had yeah exactly and, and then all of a sudden i realized that that was uh that was something that was brand new and that pretty much shocked me because i just seen him on tv on sunday yeah exactly it was it was pretty crazy i was uh i was actually home as well i was on my break and i got the pop-up notification on my phone and i instantly uh, turn on ESPN uh, with Hillary in the room telling her that this could be something that uh, we'll remember for many years to come or many decades to come or a lifetime to come. I wonder um, why I didn't get a pop-up. I didn't never, I get it for like, I get the political ones all the time, but I didn't get that one for some reason. Oh, that's strange. Yeah, I get, I get everything. I get everything political, everything sports related. Um, so yeah, I, I hardly ever miss out on anything. I don't like getting them because it always seems like I have a text and then I'm disappointed when I don't. Yeah, same here. So, but, yeah, um, it, it's I'm still trying to wrap my mind around it. I mean, thank God that he's, I mean, okay is a relative term. Um, I guess I should say thank God he's alive um, after looking at the car and seeing just how severe the accident was. Um, to walk out of there, or, I mean, I guess walk is not the proper term, to get out of there with only a, a broken leg and a shattered ankle and it could have been a lot worse. Uh, absolutely. I mean, I, you know, whatever happens with his golf career, that's not anything like what it compares to his life as a father and just living a normal existence. So let's, yeah, exactly. uh, let's hope that he can do that. Yeah. And that's what I was texting people about. Man, hopefully he just can recover and, you know, be a father and walk normal and play with his kids and just live a normal life and you know, plays golf and he you know miraculously wins a tournament or a major at age 50 I mean that's just a cherry on top of you know the story of Tiger Woods but um yeah I just hope he can just bring his life and, you know you, you hear everybody talking about the man he's become you know the Scott Van Pelt and you hear how they rave about him, how he's changed over the last five years and how he's been so welcoming to the, the new faces of golf and doesn't see them as peers anymore, more as, you know, friends, someone that he, people he can mentor along the way and share things with. And it, it's just sad that, you know, his career may come to an end this way, but um, this actual man, pretty cool to watch over the last five years to a decade yeah i mean it, i i hope he can still play the ceremonial role as a as a golfer but i mean as far as as far as what he's given to the world in golf terms i mean we don't need any more from him i mean probably the 
probably of the 10 greatest things we've ever seen in golf. And you're, you know, you and me are both in our mid thirties, probably eight of them were by Tiger Woods. So, oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it would be cool if, uh, you know, if he shows up at the masters every year and is able to play, that would be cool. And it would be cool if, uh, maybe when he turns 50 and he can ride the cart around, he can play some senior golf. Cause that'd be great for that tour. It really would be. I mean, but, talk about but, having Phil and Tiger on a senior tour. <laughs> right. Phil will probably have 30 senior wins by that time. At least. But as far as, uh, as far as golf, I mean, he's done everything that he could possibly do in the game other than, you know, the the, the next comeback for him might be to get that 83rd win if he's ever, ever able to play again. It doesn't matter if he does or not. No. But uh, how, what a story that would be if someday we saw that, and I wouldn't put it past him. I, yeah, I'll put nothing past uh, the man we know as Tiger. And you know, I was thinking earlier today before we did this podcast that, this is precisely the reason that I hate these documentaries coming out as early as they come out these days. Um, I mean, 1.0, Tiger 2.0, even Tiger 3.0, we might have a whole other chapter, you know, after what happened the other day. And it, it would be nice to see the entire story. And I mean, Tiger is, I mean, he's still, a, he was still playing competitive golf as of a year ago. I mean, very competitive golf. I mean, he worked as he won the Masters. I mean, obviously we know that, but I, I mean, he didn't play a lot, but he was very competitive in the events he played. And you know, I haven't watched the the Tiger documentary, but I hold off on things like and get his input maybe in a in a piece like that. Yeah, well, uh, I believe uh, Jeff Benedict and Armin Katayan that wrote the. Uh bio of him too in 2018 i think it was that came out i think they were executive producers mm-hmm. on that project but i didn't see i didn't see the bio either or the uh biopic but i did read their book mm-hmm. and i seldom do for the very reason you're saying read a book while someone's still playing active or biography of somebody but uh that one uh i don't we'll have hopefully someday we'll have listeners on this thing but if anybody is listening that's one of the best ones i've ever read and it's unbelievably out of date already because he since then won the 2019 <laughs> Masters, and now we have all this going on. But uh, yeah, that ex- that that book went a long way toward explaining why he was the way he was, and uh, you know, maybe that came that that book came out a little bit before we heard the positive stories about his change. But um, it was very, uh, very fascinating material. So I'm sure that the documentary that they did for HBO was equally interesting. Yeah, I mean, I can't wait to watch it, and I'll have to check out that book sometime. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I hope there's another chapter. I, I mean, obviously, you hate for anything to end the way you know it it, it could possibly end. Um, you know, you know, pretty terrible. You know, we'll see. I mean. I mean, you can just tell how much, you know, I mean, not to say that he wasn't admired and looked up to back in the day, um, but now he just has this, you know, this aura around him where he's just so, so much more approachable and so much more likable and, um, you know, not just his peers in golf, but just, just all around the world. He's just, it's, it's cool to see. And it, it was, it was fun listening to some interviews the other day and getting other people's perspective on, um, how he's changed and 
exactly the the golfer he's become and the man he's become and you know you, you wish nothing but the best for him in a situation like this it was always fascinating to me and you and i have talked about this ad nauseum through the years but it was always fascinating fascinating to me to see the support that he used to receive even when he didn't act like he acts now I mean, <laughs> exactly he was one of the most beloved athletes probably that other than mj maybe of my lifetime and I mean, I didn't mm-hmm. ever find him likable. I had a hard time rooting for him. I just enjoyed love. I, well, I won't even say enjoyed. I loved watching him play golf. Oh yeah, absolutely. But I mean, yeah. I mean, there's I loved, there wasn't much to really like about him on the course. Uh, well, I, but I love seeing him lose too. There are a few times someone would <laughs> yeah. get him, but but I'm a sap for old people. So you know, <laughs> when you get 45 <laughs> in golf, even I root for him now. That's fair. But uh, you have a you have a favorite memory of his career, if uh, if this is in fact it, is there one that's gonna stand out? Oh, God, it's it's so hard. I mean, like you said, I mean, the top ten moments in golf. Who knows how many we could attribute to Tiger and what he's done? I mean, I go back. I don't. I mean, of course you remember this. You remember back in college when we would go to trivia. Um, and, you know, miss a lot of, you know, Sunday afternoon, you know, majors and games and whatever it may be to play trivia with our friends at, what was it, Wild Wings? Yeah, but I didn't, I don't think I missed too many of those. <laughs> yeah, well, I, th- I, I think you were there when, when Tiger was going head-to-head against uh, Rocco Mediate, and he, he made that unbelievable putt on 18. Were, were we not no, at trivia I wasn't. Night? I was watching from home because it was Father's Day. So I know okay. I was at my on my couch at my house. I remember that. Okay, I, I think I think that we were uh, we were out that night, and and then you know just you don't have to test I'm, me, Mike, on where I was when sports <laughs> happened. You know I could tell you yeah. like what seat I was in. So yeah, I watched that <laughs> with my mom and dad. Go ahead. I, I mean that was pretty. No, it's good. It's, it's just pretty special when you hear about you know what he was going through as far as injury wise. I mean, didn't he have a didn't he have a torn MCL and something else going on with his leg, like during that entire, you know, four days? Well, after that, after the thing happened yesterday, last night at like midnight, I cracked open the Tiger book again, um, just to <laughs> just to look at a couple things, and I was looking back at exactly what was going on with his body at that U.S. Open, and a, he went in for a scope after the Masters because his knee was messed up when he hurt it in that bunker or something. I think it was on the seventeenth mm-hmm. hole. And uh, and so he goes in for a scope, and they find out while he's under the knife that he had an ACL tear, and the doctor <laughs> didn't want to do AC. He, he wanted to he wanted to go ahead and do, and have it uh, replaced while he was in there, but he didn't want Tiger while he was on you know under the under the anesthesia to wake up and find out he was going to be out for the year, <laughs> and so he didn't repair the ACL. So he told so Tiger was going to try to play the majors and get ACL surgery afterwards, but his he was too hurt as he was trying to rehab the D scope. Apparently, like during that whatever was the eight weeks between the Masters U.S. Open, sometime around mm-hmm. the Memorial Tournament in early June, he still wasn't playing, and he and the doc and so he goes back in for an MRI and they find out he's got a stress fracture in his leg also. Yes, I, yes, now I remember that. Okay. I knew I was forgetting something else. Yeah, and so the so the doctor then says, uh, well, you need to go ahead and have all this worked on. And he said, no, I'm playing the U.S. Open because it was at Torrey where he'd already won <laughs> six times, I think. And uh, mm-hmm. and so the guy, he asked the doctor, would he injure it further if he played? And he said, no, it's a matter of pain tolerance. 
you're going to need surgery <laughs> immediately afterward anyway. So whatever you do is not going to make it any worse. And so, yes, with a broken leg and a torn ACL and recovering from a regular knee surgery, he won the yeah. Open. Yeah, and I mean, that's just, yeah, it's just superhuman. I mean, there's no other way to describe it. I mean, just <laughs> to put that much, I, I mean, I, I'm in pain whenever I take any shot. I mean, my back hurts, my knees hurt. I can't imagine the torque you're putting on your back and your knees and how it must feel on one good leg. Um, and <laughs> to win the U.S. Open, I mean. Going, going I mean, 90 holes. Yeah, exactly. 91 holes, exactly. I'm sorry. He played 19 on Monday. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it's just unbelievable that he was able to get through that and and to actually lift the trophy and, you know, quite possibly, arguably, the, you know, the hardest test in golf on a yearly basis. Um, it was pretty special. I'll, I'll never forget that. So, I'm bit, like you said, I could sit here and name all kinds of moments, even from last year. I mean, having that hug with Charlie on 18, almost in the exact spot where he hugged his dad. Um, it's just... There, there's so many awesome things that you could talk about. I mean, we could go on forever, I'm sure. Yeah, well, the, the 08 U.S. Open is my favorite, too. And is it really? Like, I don't even think it's close. Like, that's I, – I want, what I want to know is, though, how would you describe that to your grandkids if you talk about things you saw? Because I'm like – I'm sitting here in my room right now, and I have a print of Babe Ruth pointing at the fence at Wrigley Field <laughs> and Lefty Gomez writing, uh, uh, you know, signed – not not signed for me, obviously, but a print of a signed note where he told somebody it was true that he really did call the home run shot. Uh-huh. How do you describe what Tiger Woods did at U.S. Open? I don't, I don't know. I mean, I just like I said, I I, I feel for uh, the these next generation of kids who aren't going to see the, these incredible. I mean, obviously, there's going to be incredible athletes. There always are, but I mean, just i mean that that's right up there in my top five as far as performances of all time i mean how can it not be oh yeah absolutely it's one of the five best things i've ever seen in sports for sure uh do you think he's the he's the goat yeah we 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 talked about tom brady over and over again the football side but yeah and i knew you're gonna ask that question in my mind i mean yeah i think he's the goat what he did on the golf course, but for what he brought to the game of golf. I mean, I think if you ask anybody on tour right now, anybody that was on tour with him 20 years ago, I mean, golf is what it is today because of one single individual, and that's Tiger. I mean, I had, I mean, my dad, he didn't know a thing about golf. He didn't care about golf. He didn't like golf, but he watched Tiger on Sundays. I, I mean, that's just that's the best way I can put it. I mean, he made people that didn't give a damn about the sport that wouldn't give it a second thought tune in on Sunday to see what that guy was going to do. And I mean, there's only a handful of people that you could say that they can do that. I don't know if I'd say uh, that I think he's the goat. I think Nicholas may be the goat. Uh, I think Tiger played golf at a higher level relative to his peers than anyone ever has done or probably ever will do. But I, I think maybe his off-course demons may have cost him from being the actual greatest of all time. Yeah, and that's fair. And, yeah, no, I knew you were going to bring that up too. And I'm, I'm going to try to block that out. I'm going to try to remember what he did on the golf course and what he did as far as building the sport up to where it was. Oh, 
Yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not saying that diminishes uh, in any. I'm not. I'm not taking that into account in what I'm saying. But I'm saying his own course accomplishments were uh, uh, de- decreased based on what happened away from. Yeah, the yeah, ab- absolutely. I mean, it's just that's the nature of of the game of any sport. I mean, you have to you have to tally in everything, and um, I, I guess I'm willing to look away from a little from a, some of those transgressions just because of what he did for an entire sport and how he just ignited it and turned it into something that's bigger today than we could have ever imagined. I mean, the game of golf today is just <laughs> insane on a weekly basis. Um, the talent that we have, you know, that we're lucky to watch. And, you know, without Tiger, who knows how many of those people we actually are watching today. I mean, I, I think he made that profound of an impact um, on sport. Well, he, he made golfers athletes probably to an extent they never had been before. I mean, people like Dustin Johnson, Gary Woodland will probably be playing basketball. Exactly. I mean, DJ is for us. Absolutely not. What are we doing with the golf club? I mean, but I mean, only he can answer that, obviously, as far as the impact, you know, time had and growing up or, um, or, or his decision to, you know, play one sport over the other. But, um, yeah, it's pretty special, the influence that I think he had on a lot of people. Well, I told you when he won the 2019 Masters, that's the one that would allow him to sleep mm-hmm. at night. Uh, I still wish that we had gotten to see what he could have done without all the drama because I think 100 wins was in range. I think 25 majors was a mm-hmm. possibility. So there's always going to be a little bit of regret for me that way. I don't really care about the, the, the tour wins record, although that would be cool for him to have it on his own. Sharing it's fine. I mean, they had to – Sneed had like 86 or 87 at one point until the tour took a few away because of the fields he was beating. So, I mean, who knows if that's a real record or not. But I, I'm a little disappointed we never got to see Woods chase Nicholas. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it, it is unfortunate how just one thing after another just occurred. And, I mean, it's – it's like if you believe in fate, it was, it's almost like it wasn't meant to be for whatever reason. Just, you know, how everything just piled on top of one another. But, like, I, I mean, that doesn't really matter to me at this point. I mean, the, the fact that he was able to come back and actually win a major and prove to himself that, you know, he can compete with, you know, these young stars. You know, I, I think he, like you said, he sleeps at night and it doesn't keep him up knowing that he doesn't have the most majors or even the most wins by himself. Um, I think if he doesn't play another round of golf in his life, I, I think he, I think he's okay with that. And 10 years ago, I mean, no one would ever say that. I mean, he, that just wasn't his mindset. I don't think. Yeah. And I don't know if it's still, I don't know if I'd say he's okay with it. I think we should be okay with that. Yeah. I mean, I guess that chapter is yet to be written. I mean, I guess we'll see. Um, this is going to be one hell of a rehab, obviously. I mean, when you read about the description of the injuries and the compound fractures and, you know, a shattered ankle, I mean, I don't, I don't know to what extent, you know, you, you heal from that when you get a bunch of screws and pins inserted in your foot. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it's going to be up to him, you know, the work that he wants to put in at this age. I mean, obviously Charlie's grown up and, you know, he's, obviously showing promise as a young golfer himself. So just a matter of his priority, what he wants to do, you know, to his uh, 
his late forties, early fifties. Yeah, I agree with you. That's why I say if 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 we don't see him again till the senior tour, I'd be fine yeah, with that. I would be too. So let him ride that car. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, what else have you uh, been following the last couple weeks? Uh, well, like you mentioned earlier, I was definitely keeping tabs on the. I mean, not that. The NBA All-Star Game, I mean, the voting has always kind of, you know, baffled me as far as, you know, what counts for what percentage and, you know, what should count for what percentage. But, uh, I mean, it Matt. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. The yeah. Well, I mean, it, it doesn't. It's it's still confusing to me because from what I understand, the the players vote counts or not the players vote. The uh, fans vote counts for 50 percent. Then you have the the uh, players vote counts for 25 and then you have the coaches slash owners count for 25. But then if there's a tie, you just go to the uh, fan vote. So, so why even have the players and the owners voting if the tiebreaker goes to the, you know, but anyway, whatever that's, I'm digressing a little bit, but um, anyway, so I, I'm always interested to see who makes the team just because you've got people like Mike Conley who haven't been in an all-star game their entire career um, for some odd reason. And, you know, you've got, you know, a bunch of new kids on the block that the league and make, and make their name known. So, you know, I'm always interested in seeing how that turns out. And um, I thought this year was going to be pretty tough as far as some people getting in. I mean, it's tough every year. People always get left out. You can't put 30 people on an all-star team. But I thought this year was going to be exceptionally hard because there were so many players that were performing at a – pretty high level so um i don't know what your thoughts are have you seen all the reserves that made it i have i was actually watching live on tnt last night when they got revealed uh i'm absolutely 100 percent with you on everything you said uh i thought i counted them up the other day i think i had 25 guys in the east that i thought had a conceivable chance mm-hmm. to make it and i like and i agree with you i i pay attention even for a di- well for two reasons Exactly what you said as far as, like, young guys trying to make a name for themselves. And then the other reason I look is because of those Supermax contracts and so forth that you're eligible for to make those teams. So, for incentives and contracts, I was curious who was going to make it. Um, I thought they pretty much got it right, though. I thought the West was pretty easy, uh, especially now that Booker got in today Mm because maybe he can't play. Those were the the ones I would have had. If I had to pick 13, those would have been my 13. The only guys I thought had a chance that – well, I thought – well, I'll say they got snubbed. I didn't really think they'd get in because the teams aren't good enough. But I thought Brandon Ingram made had a case. And I thought uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander and De'Aaron Fox probably had a case. But I thought they picked the right 13. Now, in the East – it's like throwing it in a hat and you could have picked whoever you wanted. I thought they got it pretty close to right, though. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. The West, I think, was pretty clear cut. Um, I'm glad. I mean, do I, I would have found a way to get Devin Booker in before the injury. So I'm glad he's in. Um, I don't know who I would have. But who? And that, yeah, who do you take off? That, see, I agree with you. He, des- he deserved it 100%. Yeah, but I, don't I know mean. Who you take off. It, it, it's so hard. I mean, I guess if I had to take one person off and people might, if anyone's ever start screaming, but I think I take Zion off just because he's been such a defensive liability. I understand, you know, in, in the paint, he's probably one of the most dominant forces we've seen in a long time. Um, I think overall Devin is 
more important to what the Suns are doing right now. The Pelicans, I mean, I, I think one day they'll get there, but I think Devin was more deserving than Zion this year. Um, yeah, you could. I, I, I tend to agree, but uh, w- one thing that's weird about what you said, and I agree with you a hundred percent on his defense. Didn't you think Zion's shot blocking would translate I, more? To the NBA? I, re- I really I did. I, I can't believe that you know he's not more of a force than what he is. Um, I, I'm not sure if that's because of the injuries and maybe he's not going full force or um, completely 100% on the defensive end. But, I mean, you're right. It, it, it doesn't seem to have quite made the jump yet. So um, I, I'm not saying that, you know, he's not going to figure something out and become that defensive uh, person you fear inside the paint. But right now it's just it's not there. And it, it's weird. I'm not sure I have a good explanation for it. <laughs> Offensively, he's there though. I saw he was shooting sixty-two percent against the NBA competition. Oh yeah, that's pretty incredible for a guy. Yeah, it really is. Five. I mean, when he gets inside the paint, he's the most unstoppable force in the league right now. I mean, he cannot be stopped. I mean, yeah. He, I mean, yeah. His jumper can look a little broken sometimes. I mean, he probably gets a little three happy. Um, but when he takes it to the hole, it's it's pretty special to watch. So. Um, I mean, I wasn't upset or anything that Zion made it over Devin, but I guess that would be the one small thing that I would I would change. And um, but I mean, besides that, I'm fine with everything. The East, the only the biggest gripe I have about the East was Sabonis not getting in. Um, I don't know if you saw this, but he's the only player in NBA history to not get in, averaging 20 points, 10 rebounds, and five assists. So, I, I mean, that kind of says it all right there. I mean, when you have someone playing at the level that he's been playing, they, I mean, the entire offense runs through him. Every single thing they do runs through him. And he's got the Pacers, you know, as a top four seed right now. So, um, he showed up every night and done everything he can to keep that team in contention. So, um, that's the only one I was a little upset about. Um, and but like you said, the hard part is who do you take out? And I, everybody that made the team is deserving. So it, it's really hard until they expand the rosters, which I'm sure one day they will. Um, I take out, but I, I feel like Sabonis has to be in that game. Man, you did your homework. That was like EJ's Nito's <laughs> stat of the night there on Sabonis. That was the one. Was, no, I didn't know. I didn't know that at all. I did know what he was averaging. But yeah, I first one, I, I did a little bit of research before I got on here. I didn't want to. I don't want you to carry me completely. So, um, I'm not, I'm not carrying anybody tonight. But I did see who made the All Star team. That is something that interests me too. And I, I'm always, I'm interested in who makes the Pro Bowl yeah. also. But uh, for for some reason, I don't really care as much about the MLB All Star game because I feel like there's like uh, it seems like the. Don't you think in basketball the same guys that are good in the first half are going to be good in the second half? Like baseball is completely different. You can just have a bad start. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, there's guys notorious for having a bad first month, month and a half, and you know, hitting that switch, you know, in, in June or July, and just right. turning it up to a whole different level. Yeah, so you're absolutely right about that. With with this NBA season, though, I felt like the narrative started. Maybe because of the way the year opened around Christmas and everything, the narrative started real soon on some of these guys. Where I think CJ McCollum would have been a first-time All-Star mm-hmm. this year, and then he got hurt, 
And then, like, Jamal Murray got off to an awful first two weeks. Well, his numbers are now better than they've ever been in his career, but he had no chance yeah, exactly. to make an all-star team. Because coming off the bubble, everybody mm-hmm. thought he was going to average 30. And yet. So, I think that did – that probably played a role in some of the guys who made it and some that got left out. Like, the Heat are off to a bad team start, but if you could make Jimmy Butler or Bam out Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if they didn't get off – I mean, Jimmy missed, what, two weeks because of COVID and – and a lingering injury that he had. So, I mean, if he played close to a to a full, you know, slate of games, I think he makes it easily. Um, and you just named it. I think Bam is probably uh, my second quote-unquote snub in the East. But there were so many guys in the East that were deserving. Uh, Chris Middleton, he, he's just shooting lights out. I mean, right now he's the he's the best shooter in the league. I mean, and yeah, I mean he's oh really? I mean he's I think he's shooting fifty percent from from the field, almost 50% from three, 90-something percent from the free throw line. I mean, he's he's doing everything as far as scoring-wise uh, for the Bucks. So, I mean, to not have him on the team after he made it the past two seasons, I mean, this season he's probably having a better season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm not sure if he's shooting it better than Yeah, I know, and that's crazy that I could even say that out loud. But right now, I think he's right on par with Steph, which is, I mean, I don't. (laughs) No, I heard. Oh, Steph. (laughs) Steph has missed one free throw, I think, all season. Well, yeah, it's hard to compete with that. We do. Steph is out shooting Steph right now. So, I don't. I won't make an argument against anyone that made the team. I'm I'm happy for Julius Randle, you know, and the year he's having. I mean, yeah, the Knicks are are the Knicks still. Still have a way to go, but Julius has been playing lights out the entire year. So I mean, so I'm not going to make an argument for anyone to be off the team. It's it's really hard these days. I mean, there's there's so many good players to pick from that no matter what, you're going to be disappointed. I mean just the fact that Damian Lillard is not going to start another all-star game. I mean, Lillard's, you know, arguably top, what, six or seven player in the entire league. <laughs> and he, he doesn't start games, the all-star game. He's he's in your top three that you won't Absolutely. with the game. And so, I mean, just, that just goes to show you how deep, uh, you know, the NBA is, you know, these years that, we're leaving off guys like Sabonis who are doing things that no one, not, not things that no one's ever done, but the fact that he didn't make the team um, doing what he's doing. Uh, so yeah, it's fun to watch. Hopefully I can catch some more of these games in the near future, you know. <laughs> well, on the, uh, on the sugar from the sky podcast, we don't hesitate to pat ourselves on the back when we have a chance. And uh, I think you and I, have been on the Julius Randle, Jalen Brown, Zion Williamson. Oh, yeah. Since they were in high school. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I can't speak for Zach Levine. But when I saw him dunk the first year he was in the league, I was pretty sure that dude would yeah. probably be. Yeah, me too. Me too. But, yeah, Julius Randle, I was – I mean, I I knew this was coming eventually. I just – he just had to get in the right situation. And, I mean, now he's – you know, it, there's more responsibility on him. And, now he's showing that he can step up and, you know, potentially lead a team. Um, obviously, there's a long way to go with that team, but I, I think, you know, having him is a pretty good uh, start. And I think people forget that he's only 26 years old. I mean, Julius still has a lot of good basketball in front of him. So, um, yeah, excited for him. I had a feeling he would finally make it. And 
like you said, Zion, uh, there was never any doubt with either of us. <laughs> no, I saw when I saw Zion on YouTube when he was playing in South Carolina, I was pretty sure yeah. he was going to be a yeah, I, legend. I, I, I can't even tell you how many videos of Zion I watched of him uh, in high school. <laughs> I mean, that, that was almost a daily occurrence for me. When Jalen was at Wheeler, he was supposed to be the next Kobe. And uh, I never thought he was Kobe, but <laughs> I was pretty sure he was someday going to be an NBA yeah. All-Star. And it's different. funny because you, you heard, you know, the rumors, you know, years ago about, you know, do they let – do they trade Jalen and, you know, try to, you know, get an All-Star, whether it's AD or whoever it may be. And, and man, that would have been one of the biggest mistakes that they've made. I mean, Jalen is just an absolute stud. And but, and I mean, me and you, we had the same prediction earlier this year about the Celtics making it to the finals. Um, I know they're not off to the start that, you know, everyone was hoping they would get off to. But I still like the Celtics in a seven-game series in the East. I really do. And I, I think they're only going to get it better from here on out. Did we make that prediction before uh, Harden no. was a net? No, we did not do that. So that that was after Harden was a net. I might have to revise. I, I, I'm sticking by my guns. I'm 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 still gonna put Boston <laughs> in there. I I could be I could look foolish and they could lose four games to one, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, Kimba's got to play better. I mean, he's he's been terrible since he came back. It's hard for me out. I guess when I was making that pick, there was going to be an assumption he was going to be Kimball Walker and mm-hmm. not what we've seen. So, I, I mean, I, do we start to give Philly some credibility now? I'm not sure if I'm ready to go there, but Joel Embiid oh, yeah. is for he real. He is for real. He is, he is the MVP right now this year. I mean, I, I don't think there's any, any doubt about that right now. Um, I mean, him and LeBron, obviously, you could flip a coin right now. Um, oh, who's I yours? a different one, though. Uh, Mr. Oh, Nikola right. Jokic. That's that's fair. That's fair. I mean, he. You're right. I mean, he's he's kind of like the the Sabonis out west, a little more skilled than Sabonis right now. But um, have you, I, I have. have, have. They're they're astronomical. Um, he's dominating win shares and value over replacement player and every one of those stats now. The Nuggets are not playing championship basketball, but I think that's going to even out by the time the year's over with. If they end the season with 48 wins or something like that in the reduced yeah, schedule. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that, and that's the reason that I was docking him. It's just it, the Nuggets aren't quite what we were expecting to start the season. Um, obviously, there's still a lot of time to go. But for me, what Embiid has, he's, he's locked in this year. He's, he's a different player. And it shows on the court. And right now, if I had to cast my MVP vote, I would probably cast it for him just based on where he's brought the, the Sixers. I thought this might be kind of a, a mediocre, I mean, not a down year, but I, I did not have the Sixers where they are right now. I didn't either. The East is so bunched up, though, that it's hard to tell what that means. It's it's. Yeah, the West, mm-hmm. there's more separation. So, Brooklyn's right on their heels. Nobody else is playing very well. I can't figure out what's going on with Milwaukee. I haven't watched them enough other than they still – it doesn't seem like Boonholzer's made any adjustment on how he uses Giannis, even after all the consternation about that mm-hmm. in the last two years in the playoffs. I think it's justified. Yeah, no, I agree. But – 
any of those three, Boston or Miami, you could put any of them in a hat right now. And I'll say one, I mean, I think we know it will be one of those five. I don't think Toronto's got enough this year to be in the mix. But I could, uh, it could be any of those five. I have no earthly clue. Could just as easily be Boston yeah, as any of the others. Yeah, and that's why, yeah, know. the East is exciting these days because it, it really is parity across that conference. So what you're telling me is you don't see a second-half run from our Atlanta Hawks. <laughs> well, I, this is gonna this is gonna sound weird. It's kind of a double-edged sword. Uh, Trey Young probably had a pretty good case for the All Star game, and a bit with it being mm-hmm. in Atlanta, I was hoping he'd make it. But him not making it could be really good mm-hmm. for his career because I I read a scout say last year that they hated, and I think this is true. They hated he made the all-star team because it would make him think that his style of play is the way it needs mm-hmm. to be to win games, and it wasn't, and it still isn't. But he's – I mean, he's going to be a – I mean, he's hes already a great offensive basketball player, and he's going to be, I think, a all-time great offensive basketball player. But I think if it, it – I think now he'll see that the reason he didn't make the all-star game is because the team isn't winning enough. And that, in the long run, could motivate him. I agree. I was, I was so happy that he did not make the team this year. I mean, <laughs> that team, they play such poor defense on a nightly basis. I mean, obviously, I don't see them on TV. Um, I, I'm looking at box scores and, you know, looking at videos and recaps. But what I see. So you're, figur- you're figuring it out when you see they gave up 140. You're thinking, yeah, that's, that's probably, probably not the way that you're going to win a lot of NBA games. And, and I knew this was going to yeah. happen going into the season. I mean, just looking at that roster, no one plays no one plays a look at defense on that roster except Clint Capella, obviously. I mean, yeah, he's, he's amazing. He's awful. Asking any of those other 11, 12 guys, I mean, they're just – I'm sorry. I mean, there's there's got to be some uh, some wholesale buying in on the defensive end for that team to go anywhere. Um, and the offensive side is the sky's the limit. I mean, there's there's so much potential. I mean, especially when um, uh, not Collins comes back, but when Hunter comes back uh, with Gallinari coming off the bench. I mean, it's just I I don't know. I mean, Hunter can play some defense too. I think when he wants to, but. I, I don't know. I don't know what the solution is. I don't know who you trade at this point, but I'm not sure keeping this roster together is the answer moving forward. I'm not. I'm not ready to break up the roster yet. Uh, NBA coaches are kind of a dime a dozen. So Lloyd Pierce seems like a great guy, but I don't know that we're going. He doesn't seem like the greatest head mm-hmm. coach based on results. But. I'm not. I'm not willing. As far as this team making the playoffs, I'm not giving up on that. Especially when there's ten teams that are going to make it, I think they'll end up getting in. But they're not a contender to win. I think we're down to five teams that could win the East, and that's yeah, a lot really for a given no, year. No, in no way, shape, or form was I suggesting that the Hawks had a chance to win the East. Um, yeah, not not even a remote chance. <laughs> I knew you were being sarcastic, but I, I'm not. I'm not down on this roster necessarily, and I'm not no. down on Trey Young. I just think this will be a learning experience for him that it takes winning in it the does. NBA. And, and I hope he realizes that he's got a lot of work to do on the defensive end too. I mean, he's got to hear the critics and the people out there. I mean, the stats are out there too. I mean, he's he's terrible. I mean, if you look at if you look at just stats alone, <laughs> he, he's absolutely an awful NBA defender. 
And uh, I mean, obviously there's always been liabilities. I mean, Steve Nash, I mean, you're, you're not going to say Steve Nash and think defense. I mean, but at, at some point he's got to use his, his athleticism to create or make some kind of a difference on that side of the ball, or he's going to be a liability for, for his entire career. And um, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I, I, I love Trey Young, and I don't have any – I'm not having any remorse over drafting him. But, um, you know, he's got to look in the mirror too and realize that he's got to try to do a little more too and not just jack up threes from the uh, from the logo. I'm with you. Um, one question about the East before we move on to something else. Were you surprised – I'll just say I was just to – to uh, qualify this, were you surprised the Nets opted for Harden on the ball? A little bit. Kyrie off the I'm ball? glad you asked that question because I, I was surprised that kind of just happened and everyone just accepted it for what it was and what it was going to be. Um, I, I, <laughs> a, a yeah, and I, I, don't, I don't know why. I mean, I thought that he came to Brooklyn – you know, for exactly the role that he thought he was going to be in with Durant by his side. I thought this is what he wanted. And now he's just completely, I mean, he's playing great. I mean, the team is obviously playing pretty well right now. But it's it, it was a little bizarre the way it happened. Now he just completely stepped aside. I don't know if that's his maturity sh- uh, showing through or did it show? Did yeah, it just come I back don't know. It was, it was very, it was very bizarre. I was very, very surprised. Um, I, I'm surprised it didn't get more talk than what it got. But um, I mean, right now it's working. So I mean, I guess you know, good for them. Well, uh, I'll just say that it was curious last year that Harden didn't move off the ball for Westbrook. But if he won't move off the ball for Kyrie, there's no moving. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely off the ball not. For the rest of I mean, yeah, the ship has sailed. Yeah, exactly. He's a point guard. <laughs> but I don't understand. I mean, defensively, you're going to have all kinds of cross matches mm-hmm. with that arrangement. And so I, I mean, you're the. I think they're going to get murdered in the pick and roll by teams that will oh, run yeah. it the proper way. Yeah. As far as mis- mismatch situations. Now, in the NBA, you can pretty much mm-hmm. end up with any one-on-one matchup you want. But I just don't – I'm not sure that that's the long-term way to win a championship with Harden at point and Kyrie off the ball. But the, you can certainly score 100 yeah, exactly. in regular season games. Like, I like mean, that. you hit the nail on the head right there. We'll see how it translates come, come playoff time. Um, you know, when you're playing the same team, you know, six, seven times – um, you know, adjustment be made, and you know they're, they're going to get exposed a few times, I think. And whether they have, whether Steve Nash has that ability to adjust um, on the fly, we'll see. But it, it's it's interesting. Um, I'm I, I'm ex- finally I'm more excited to see the playoffs in the East than I am in the West. <laughs> well, it's about equal now to me. There's, there's probably more good players in the East. That's why I said I think 25 guys could have had a case with the All-Star team, but they're still oh, yeah. the best Absolutely. of the no, best. There's no I debate went. about that. I'm just I'm always a fan of parity, and I, I like that, you know, you could throw a dart at any of these, you know, five or six teams and potentially see them in a, 
NBA final situation. So um, it'll, it'll be fun to see how uh, the East shakes out. Well, I was already uh, just from watching Sports Center and stuff like that. I haven't seen a lot of games, but from what looking at the stat lines, mm-hmm. I was already convinced Embiid was different. And the other thing was that Shaq and Charles stopped ripping him on the inside of the NBA for being lazy mm-hmm. and so forth. So I knew he was playing different because you can't count on them for too much <laughs> That's analysis. True, they do. They do no post player. So, but when I, I did watch a little bit the other night when he had the 50 against the Bulls, and at that point, now I'm convinced that he is, in fact, a completely different player. And he's going to have to absolutely massacre the Nets inside to beat Brooklyn. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and even 35 might be – I mean, it might have to be 40 on a nightly basis. But they're, they're going to have to throw it in there, you know, 20, 25 times every single game. And he's going to be absolutely exhausted. I mean, it's going to be the hardest test of his entire career to get the 76ers out of a, a battle like that. But the way he's playing right now – yeah, I mean, if he can maintain it for an entire series, he's such a huge, huge mismatch that um, it, it's possible. Well, I'll tell you what I heard today. Uh, I think I read it somewhere. I don't even remember where. But uh, Daryl Morey is, uh, has called the Raptors about Kyle Lowry. Oh, Lord. That would flip my pick in the <laughs> yeah. East. Apparently, apparently, they ser- if they think they can get Lowry, Simmons, and Embiid in the same lineup with shooters, uh, that would that would take the East for sure. I don't know what they'd have to get up, give up to get him. I don't think Simmons is on the block. If he wasn't on the block, yeah, I, I'm not sure either. I mean, I, do you talk about you know Tobias? I mean, Tobias it was a a fringe All Star selection too. I don't think they get rid of him. I don't think I'd make that trade either with Lowry in the final year of a contract, but I know that there's some mutual interest mm-hmm. with him being a Philly native yeah, that would be back home. That would, I, that I would agree be the 100%. deal that swing yeah, If that happens, then, yep, I'll, I'll change my pick. <laughs> so I, I kind of, for the sake of drama and somebody challenging. Brooklyn, I hope so I too. That does happen. I mean, and I think, I think me and you can both agree that I, we think we're going to see Brooklyn in the conference finals. Um, I I have no idea who that other team is going to be on the other side of the court. Um, I mean, I think it's going to be the Celtics. I'm, I'm sticking with the Celtics right now. I'm still holding strong to that. The only problem with the only problem with Brooklyn is going to be the locker room situation. I have never questioned what they can do on a basketball court. And I'm I'm extremely impressed with how much Harden mm-hmm. has been willing to pass the basketball, and, uh, and I mean he still dribbles all the time. That's fine. I never had a problem mm-hmm. with that. But he's not taking too many shots. So I'm I've been I'm great with the way they're playing. It's just how are they going to get along when they start facing adversity? What are you going to get out of Kyrie? Is he going to eventually pout? And he doesn't have the mm-hmm. basketball. Is KD going to get moody? <laughs> are they going to have an overthrow of the head coach that they think they're <laughs> partner or whatever they called him so i don't know but yeah i mean they're the best team in the east if they play like i mean not even play if they just cooperate exactly and i mean that's like you said that's the concern i mean when they get punched in the mouth in the playoff i mean everyone everyone gets punched in the mouth eventually 
but we don't know how the Nets are going to react to it yet. Because, I mean, there's just so much inside that team that is just an unknown. Um, so it, it'll be fun to see. I have no idea, but they're, they're going to face adversity at some point. Every team does. And a lot about exactly how far Kyrie and, uh, and Harden have come um, when that does happen. Uh, in my opinion, the favorite in the West is still clear-cut the Lakers if AD's healthy. If he's not, I agree with you. I've got the Lakers West? if AD comes back. If uh, if AD is anything less than 100%, um, I, I didn't think I would say this, but I, I think I'm going to go back to the Clippers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean... <laughs> They're they're one of the three options right yeah. now. I I, are you going with the Jazz? Report went in there. <laughs> uh, we we saw LeBron James take a worse supporting cast we to the did. finals three years ago in Cleveland. I don't think he's going to win the West if AD's not at least ninety percent. I, I don't think he has to be a hundred, but he's got to give you. Uh, if you're not getting 20 and 8 out of AD, you're not one in the West. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the Clippers have the same flaw they had last year, and they may even be more flawed because I was looking their their stats. They shoot threes. They shoot an extremely high percentage from three, but they're still relying on mm-hmm. the jump shots even more than they were last year without Harold. And they still don't necessarily have anyone who can create mm-hmm. offense aside from Lou Williams and Kawhi. So their flaws, now PG could, but on that team, that's not the role he's playing. But, I mean, they're still going to be relying on shooting jump shots, and if it stops falling like it mm-hmm. did against Denver, that's really the only reason they lost that mm-hmm. series. The, the ball just stopped going in the basket. So that could happen again, but I do think that they're the best threat to L.A., to the Lakers, I'm sorry. Um, I, I would too. I, I mean, I, I'm rooting Utah for Utah. I, I hope it's them. If it's not the Lakers, I mean, I I would even root for Utah. You know, over the Lakers, I, I would love to see some. I would love to see some new blood uh, break their way oh, through. But I guess going back to your point about the Clippers, that's kind of why I'm. That I'm 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 surprised I'm saying that and jumping back on that that bandwagon. That you know that that series against Denver left a pretty bad taste in my mouth as far as you know. Is this team really built to to win a championship? Um, but I, I still think with Kawhi Leonard on that team, I I, I think they can get get past if uh, the Lakers aren't where they need to be. Um, but it, it could easily just fall apart, you know, as quickly as it did last year. And the Jazz, they'll be one of the teams that takes advantage of it. I think um, that that level they're playing at right now is pretty impressive. Doesn't it feel like the Jazz are just like the 2015 Hawks? It really, gonna it really does. And then they're gonna it really does. I mean, and, and I, I hope that doesn't it. happen, but it feels like this is a this is a fantastic team. I mean, from from top to bottom, um, you know, they're they're deep. They're playing well. I mean, they've got an All Star. Um, they've got two All Stars, but <laughs> to go up against the Juggernaut, it, it may be a rude awakening. Um, even if they put up, you know, 50, 55 wins, whatever the case may be. Yeah, and they're uh, – I think Denver Denver still has a shot. Portland's got to get healthy. 
but they they could be a factor if they could make another move. Phoenix is interesting. Yeah. Yep, That's I was gonna it. I was gonna what mention Phoenix as well. I'll throw him in as a as a deep wild card. Um, with Chris Paul on the court, you just I mean you just never know. I but I mean I I don't think Phoenix is ready to navigate the West yet. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. The yeah. first time around, I mean, there's going to be a there's going to be a long or a, a hard learning process. Um, but I mean, the the future is I mean beyond bright with him. Chris Paul couldn't have fit in any better to a team than what he's done with, with the Suns. So you've got about a three year window for him to be, as Charles calls him, the best leader in the NBA probably. before he starts yeah, getting on everybody's nerves and they have to move him. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. He's uh he's an amazing, amazing player. About to be yeah, the first it's just, ever. It's unbelievable what he's done. I, I still to this day have nightmares of the Hawks passing on him. <laughs> right. Marvin ended right? up uh, being one of the best players no, in that no, draft. Actually. Not many people are. He's no Chris Paul. Um, so but yeah, good for No, I was just I was just gonna kind of conclude just you know good for the Suns, good for good for chris paul in the in the twilight of his career uh to you know mentor a young team and kind of show them what it's going to take to compete you know in the playoffs so um, they'll they'll be fun to watch for a couple years i was just going to say the only two guys left was it that bad three and lewis williams I guess that's fair. No, I, I forget that, years, you know, man. Chris Paul. Yeah, I forget how old we are and how they Chris Paul's old. a dinosaur. Yeah. Jeez. I'd forgotten that, too. I looked the other day because nobody, nobody predates <laughs> LeBron anymore in the NBA. That's not to say. Is he still on a roster? That doesn't play the game all year. <laughs> yeah. He's God, on the Lee. heat, but he's an assistant coach now. So LeBron and Melo are literally the two Jeez. oldest yeah, well, or longest thanks for, uh, players in the Thanks league. for uh, making it known just how ancient we are. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, God. yeah, we watched them in hockey. It really is. Jeez Louise. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Lou, Lou Will's climbing up to be the yeah. second best player in that draft probably by the time it's all said and done. Well, I know mm-hmm. third. Darren Williams probably always going to be better than he was, but. But uh, he's, yep. uh, he's going to be the second leading scorer in that draft to Chris Paul. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right, I want to talk about I, Daytona. I, I used to be. I, I'll be honest. It's anyway. been a long time since I've really uh, – you know, I, I watched so many of these guys growing up, and, you know, they, they've all come and gone now, and I, I haven't really gotten on board with a lot of the new the newcomers. Obviously, I still follow uh, Keselowski and Logano, and obviously, we're gonna we're gonna segue into that in a second. Um, <laughs> so, I, so what I, I am, I'm still holding strong to these guys that are just just hanging on for dear life. Um, so, Jimmy Johnson. I mean, I was a I was a huge fan of Gordon and and Johnson, and I I mean, I, I watched them all growing up. I really did, and. Um, I guess my Sundays are kind of taken up these days, so I haven't I haven't gotten quite the introduction to these uh, new guys as I probably should. Yeah, I, I know, right? Jeez, Louise. out of the booth now. We are old. You, you, you see know, the, uh, 
the ECH you know, I was going to start it the other night. The 20th anniversary. I, I was uh, laying in bed with Hillary, and we were about to go to bed. And I was like, well, maybe I'll start this. And then I saw that it was over an hour. And I'm like, well, I better not start this because it's already 1130 at night. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't wait to watch it. I, I, it that's, was so good. That's my number one thing that I will be watching um, in, in the near future because we pay for the, uh, the ESPN Plus and the Hulu Plus and Disney Plus and all that. Read the uh, read the pieces Ryan McGee had on him too on ESPN.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't checked. I haven't seen that yet series. either. It's uh, well worth reading. Well, okay. So, is the race getting too dangerous? Because it seems like this happens. We have yeah. We don't the, uh, have the, big the, the last lap, have, like, I, I was honestly one. terrified. I was honestly terrified that something really terrible happened to Keslowski. Um, I mean, that was. That was pretty reminiscent. I'm not going to say it's re- exactly reminiscent of what Dale did, um, but man, that impact was insane. And and you're right, it, it's 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 getting crazy out there. It really is. And I I don't know. I don't know what else can be done at this point. They've slowed the cars down. I mean, they've made those tiny cockpits inside the cars as tight and as safe as can be, so that basically you are cocooned and cannot move during a crash, but I, I mean, it's a fair point. I'm waiting for the next, you know, terrible crash where we lose somebody and I I don't know what can be done at that point. Well, that's, that's why you need to read the, the Earnhardt pieces. You know, we have, we've been 20 years with no loss Mm -hmm. of anybody, any driver in any of the three major series. And I, I mean, after Ryan Newman survived what he survived, you should never get careless, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure we're going to lose anybody again in NASCAR. I mean, I, I just think that they've, they've perfected the, the safety aspects of the vehicle, the walls, the Honda Yeah, device. I mean, the fact that Brad was able I mean, to just – Brad didn't even get I, hurt. I, I'm still just watch, going over it in my mind, and the fact that he was able to get out and just walk away like it was no big thing, and he could just be disgusted about how it ended instead of – you know something tragic it is pretty amazing it's in 20 years it's come so far it's it's impressive um i mean so you may be right we may not ever have a situation where we lose anybody the the newman crash obviously you know horrific and thank god he made it out um but yeah that one the keselowski crash a few others that i can't quite remember off the top yeah austin dillon um you, you know these guys take the inherent risk when they get in the car. They know exactly that, you know, they're putting their lives on the line every Sunday. Um, I mean, you have to know that when you're getting in a, in a vehicle that goes 200 miles an hour um, on certain tracks. So um, you, you take that risk and you accept it. And I mean, NASCAR has done what they can do for now. I mean, there'll, there'll always be something new along the way down the line. Um, whatever that is, I have no idea, but um it'll happen eventually but right now it's 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 pretty amazing to see you know these drivers getting out of the cars the way these cars look well i don't think it should be happening i mean i do think it i think that it's we've gotten somewhat fortunate that some of these guys have escaped it but i don't i mean the form of racing that causes cars to go flying up in the air on the last lap of every Daytona and Talladega race 
probably isn't good to, for for anything. I mean, there's there's people yeah, in the crowd I mean, that fair, are I mean. risk when those kinds of things happen too. So they gotta they gotta figure out a way for that not to happen where we have normal passes and we don't see what we saw and this whole concept of you don't let anyone get by you. Maybe you let them go. Yeah, and I mean that's always going to be God. I'm torn on that because that's been pretty much NASCAR's root since you know since the beginning. That yeah, you 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 can race nicely for. I mean, nicely is a loose term, but you you race. You know, you you race. You know, competitive competitively, but you're respective of one another for the first three fourths of the race. Um, the last quarter of the race, you know, you know, you start defending what's yours. And then the last couple laps, you, you know, you do what you have to do in order to keep that spot. Um, so I, I think there's a big discussion to be had about that as far as where to go and as far as what you want to allow on that last lap. Because I agree, the last lap, I mean, all the rules go out the window. And maybe they shouldn't go out the window because the accident that happened with Keselowski and Logano I mean, let's just say it. Keselowski wrecked Logano. I mean, he, he, I mean, he just wrecked him. I mean, he wasn't – there was a tiny crevice, but he wasn't clear to stick his entire nose down there. I mean, it, that's my opinion. I mean, I don't know what your thoughts are on that. <laughs> <laughs> really? you, just, I, you just said it was clear. I don't think it was clear at all. I didn't think, I didn't think either one of them necessarily did anything wrong. I just thought it was stupid. They were – why two teammates would get into each other on the last lap? <laughs> it, they thought they let a guy who's never won a race win the race it was one of the dumbest things I have ever seen. I, I didn't think Joey was – I didn't think he did anything wrong to block, and I thought Brad just got a run and got pushed by yeah, the guy who ended up winning the race, and he just got too much speed going. But Joey could have moved, but I don't think he even had time to. Yeah, I mean, it was I, dumb, I mean, but I, I think Keselowski – I, I think he forced the issue in that corner. I think – I, I mean, I'm I, I'm not saying he should let off the gas and avoid hitting him in the in that left in that left side, but I I don't think the hole was big enough to force the issue. I think he has to know, even though he's got the run, that he's got to do something else to avoid that. I mean, it, what he what you have to do, I don't know, but I mean, it goes back to the whole notion that you know, 199 laps, you're teammates, but on lap number 200, that's out the window. You're not teammates anymore on lap 200. And it, yeah, I mean Why they don't. They I mean, this like isn't the first other. time they've had Even an incident the like this. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I think last year. I mean, as recent as you know, maybe fifteen races ago, dating back to last year, they had an incident like this. I mean, so I mean, it's clear that they're not the best of friends. And you know, the comments after the race, or a couple days after the race, when you know cooler heads were starting to prevail. Um, I think Logano was the one that was talking about it like a marriage. Like you're going to argue, you're going to bicker, but you have to get through it. I mean, they're looking at this like a like they're just trying to put up with each other, and that they don't. It's almost like they don't even love each other anymore. It's a marriage that's failing, but they're trying to. Well, they must have gotten. A, oh my god, I'd be beside myself. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, you have the top two cars. You're going to finish one, two in the five hundred. And you put each other in the wall. Well, I'm in, I'm in no way, shape, or form uh, defending Brad here, but Brad's never won that race. Joey knows that. He knows how he's going to race that last lap. 
So you kind of either got to be prepared for yeah. it and block him or or you're going to get hit. So, I, I mean, I don't think – I mean, he could no, have been surprised no, I, by the way that played out. I doubt he was, but it was just so – it was just so dull. Yeah, absolutely. That, you know, that one of them was going to win the race. And then you end up with – and the points don't matter. They'll make it up by winning or – both of them oh, yeah. win a race long before the playoffs, so they'll both be in anyway, so it doesn't even mm-hmm. matter. But you're missing out on a chance to win Daytona. <laughs> And you're handing it to a guy. You might have no business being a NASCAR. (laughs) Well, some of those guys just have inferior equipment, and I'm sure he's one of those that they ride around. That would be, to me, the worst job you could ever have. I know how much money they make, but you're putting your life It's true. I mean, I remember back back in the days when I was young, I remember seeing a dick trickle limp around in the 43rd position going about 15 to 20 miles an hour slower than anybody. I'm just like, what the hell is going on here? Yeah, exactly. I'm like, my God, this guy can't catch a break. Every night. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, well, like Cal Petty was a competitive racer with his, when Petty enterprises had good equipment, when it didn't, he was terrible. Same for Jeff Bodine, people like mm-hmm. that. I mean, there's plenty. Uh, Ricky Rudd, when he had Robert Yates and Hendrick and people like that, he's one of the best racers there was when he wasn't. When he was with mm-hmm. Wood Brothers or some mm-hmm. of those independent organizations, he was terrible. I mean, it all depends on what – they can all drive vehicles. So, But Logano – Yeah, no, it, it shouldn't have happened, and it's, it's sad that it did. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, if I had to assign blame, I, I would assign it to Keselowski. I understand that he's never won the race, and I understand that Joey knows he hasn't won, won the race, but that doesn't mean that Joey should, you know, let him by. I'll, I'll never say that Joey should just let him by, and I, I think Keselowski has to, ha, has to check up in a situation like that and not take them both out, which, which he did. I mean, I, I honestly, in my opinion, I think that's what happened. You forced the issue on the last lap, and he took them both out. Um, so, anyway. <laughs> that... I thought they were about equally at fault, but I thought Joey got more of the blame because no one uh, likes yeah. some Yeah, and that's, and that's fair. Joey's he, he's got a reputation. I mean, here. absolutely. Um, so, I mean, hopefully they can get by. I mean, hopefully Keselowski can – I mean, he'll, he'll be back. I mean, Keselowski is – you never say that someone's going to get their Daytona 500 victory. I mean, you see how long it took Earnhardt. So nothing's ever a given, especially uh, when one mistake can end your day that quickly. But you feel like Keselowski is going to be there again, and he'll eventually get one. But you just never know. It's unfortunate the way it transpired. Well, and put we put so much emphasis on. I mean, it really is. I mean, at, at two hundred uh, miles an hour, I mean, you. it's not half the time. It's not even your fault if you don't win. I mean, you know, it, a guy gets a run or drafts off another guy, and I mean, before you know it, he slingshots past you, and there's nothing you could have done to stop it. I mean, it's just it, it's it's different racing. I mean, it's racing you don't see at other tracks besides Daytona, Talladega, and a few other tracks. So when are we going yeah, to no, uh, drive around Talladega? I know, that'd be I so much fun. I mean, I, I'm down. Apparently you I mean, can I... do that. <laughs> All right. 
Next time Absolutely. we go to Auburn, do it. I, I still we'll haven't been uh, to Jordan Hare, so and we could probably knock them both out. Sounds good. Uh, uh, I'll be honest. I saw say, oh, next Australian to nothing. Open. So <laughs> I know you told me earlier that you saw pretty much next to nothing, but I saw even less nothing than you did. How did the final exactly play out? I saw Serena win a match and lose a match. Oh. She wasn't in it. She she lost in the semis. Yeah, you're right. Sorry. I I meant to ask, how did the semis play out as far as Serena goes? Because I didn't see – that's one of the many matches I saw nothing of. Naomi came out nervous. Uh, She was, you know, playing the great Serena – and she was tense the first six or seven games, but Serena didn't take advantage of it. And it was like uh, Serena got up a break, and then Naomi got it back, and they were on serve about three three in the first maybe, and then Naomi yeah, boat well, raced. I mean, that's that's she found her groove. Yeah, and to be expected, if Naomi finds you know what she can, her groove and what she's capable of doing now, I mean, she beats anyone uh, these days, even on their best day. Well, I was kind of curious because I dismissed Serena after you said you thought she mm-hmm. had a maybe 40% chance in the finals. I said that I didn't think I was even close. And I didn't because I watched her play Sabalinka in the fourth round, and I, she was very fortunate to escape that match. And I thought, oh, she's going to yeah, lose I, I was, <laughs> And then she drubbed Halop in a match I didn't watch. But that made me think <laughs> for a split second, maybe Serena's just she's confident and you know, there wasn't a crowd uh-huh. there for a while. For, you know, for five days or whatever. And then the crowd came back for the Naomi match. Yeah, I mean, at this point in the career, I mean, it's just – it is what it is. She's just on top of her game right now. All right, you were giving me odds on Serena. What are the odds that in oh, this time Lord. next um, year, Serena and or Federer you know what? still playing tennis? I honestly feel like this is Serena's last year. Um, don't ask me why, um, you know, I'm not just going off of the uh, news conference, you know, after she lost, I I did see that and how she got emotional and just picked up and left. But I, I just have a feeling that this is it. I mean, I think she, she's doing one more run through one more, uh, one more open, one more Wimbledon and you know what, and calling it a day Federer, I think we'll see play next year. I'm going the other way on this one. Actually, I think they probably – well, really? I'm going the other way. I think Serena plays next year, and I think Federer doesn't. Yeah, I don't know when we're going to see Federer again. It's still up in the air. I mean, he's always – did you did you see back in – we may have talked about this. I can't remember. Back in the back in the winter, he December mm-hmm. maybe, he got some Swiss athlete of the century award or something. Yeah, I, I he do. Was but like, I he told him then. I don't know. He wasn't sure he was coming. I, back. I still feel like I, I feel like with Novak and and Rafa still still out there, still winning majors. I think he's going to have the itch to stay out there for at least another year. Maybe I'm completely wrong, um, but that's what my gut tells me. See, I think he mm-hmm. loves tennis so much. He's going to play as long as he's the Roger Federer. 
as long as he's, you know, thinks he has a chance every time he enters a match. But if he's not physically right, I don't see him playing at a, you know, trying to gut it out at 70% when you can retire with 20 majors. I mean, I, he's not going to hold off Novak. If Novak doesn't get it, it's going to be his own play. There's nothing Rogers going to do that's going to keep Novak. The only way Novak's not yeah, getting there is the next generation. Not necessarily seeing that anytime soon. So I, I agree. I think Novak gets there no matter what Roger does. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, he might. Roth is going to pass him maybe before he plays again. So I don't know if that makes one of them better than him. I, I'd go almost the same way with Federer as I would with. Uh, with Tiger and Nicholas, I would say that Federer played tennis at a higher level than anyone I've yeah, ever seen. I, I think I'm more on board with uh, time, with giving Novak that crown. Um, overall, I mean, he he holds the head-to-head advantage over Rafa and over yeah Rafa and Roger, and he, he's he's going to get the majors. I think you know you and I are you know pretty certain about that, and. You know how I'm not going to say he made it look easy in in Australia just now, but I mean the fact that he wasn't sure he was going to make it through the tournament at one point, um, and the pain he was in, and then the steamroll in the final. I mean, obviously you can't take anything Novak says. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean you, you can't. I mean you you can't as much as I want to. As much I want to believe what he says, you know. But I mean. It's just it didn't seem like there was a huge threat to dethrone him. I mean, obviously he rules at Australia. I mean, he's the king there. Um, I mean, and the courts are playing just as fast as they've ever played, and obviously he he, he loves that. Um, it'll be interesting to see how many more majors he gets this year. Um, I think he's got at least one, possibly two. Um, do you think he's got a chance at the slam this year? <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> not if, not after he suffered this career. You're right. We might not see him back for the entire year, and I'm giving him another major already. I, I don't know. This this mm-hmm. this year's gonna be like last year. It's a complete wild card on what events are gonna have fans. It's uh, you know what. What physical condition? I mean, other guys are in. Roger may come back refreshed, having not played. In That's years. fair. He already won an Australian <laughs> Open when he didn't play between Wimbledon and Australia back in seventeen. So he may come back and have one left in him at Wimbledon. I have no idea. We'll wait and see what he looks like mm-hmm. when we see him again. Because I do. I don't think he's. I don't think he's not going to try to come back. Yeah. I just think I, he I, may come back a hobbled version, and he may decide. Yeah, that's, that's mind blowing too. Because don't forget, he turns 40 in yeah, September that's... or August. It may be August. I think it's August. August 8th or something like that. And then um, and then Rafa. Mm-hmm. Rafa's easily the favorite in Paris, assuming he's healthy. But, he, you know, there were rumors he wasn't healthy in Australia. So, Novak might win that one. Team's going to be heard from. Yeah. Uh, Zverev's got a lot of personal issues going on, as always. But. He's still a threat, and uh, uh, Pass just took down Rafa in Australia. He's going to have confidence. And then I don't know what happened. I didn't watch the final. I, I recorded it in case it was competitive, and I want to go back and watch it. But Medvedev was playing at way too high a level to get beat down like he did. Yeah, I think so, so too. I was I'm pretty sure I was pretty surprised what, by that, uh, that final score. So I didn't see it either. So 
Um, I'm not exactly sure what transpired there, but it <laughs> it was pretty one sided to say the least. But uh, it's be it'll be yeah. hard to keep. No, nah, I think one is one almost more. a guarantee. You certainly get one. Um, I would him to win all of them. I, obviously, I I think the slam only comes the the year um, Grand Slam only comes into effect if you know Rafa is you know eighty percent you know in France or whatever whatever number you want to throw out there. Um, but you know Rafa always rises to the occasion in Paris. I mean, I I think he'll I think he'll be there again. Um, hopefully he's healthy and you know get, and gets it done one more time. I I feel like I never get tired of seeing Rafa win the French. It, no, yeah. I wouldn't say I do either. But it may not. Yeah, even it's, one more it's time. nothing. You can't even compare five, that to anything you know, else. I feel like I mean, he's crazy. Just, I yeah, I don't know. It's just. I'm surprised and I'm not surprised every year that it happens because it's just, just mind blowing that something like this can just continue on just year after year after year after year. But yeah. Yeah, I know. Like, I, I mean, half the time he just does it in three. Sets. I mean, he'll, he'll just like run the table every single year. And when he loses a set, it's like, you know, the alarm bells start going off and it's just, it's, it's just, it's unheard of, and you know it's it's pretty magical to watch. So hopefully we get a few more years of that because I'll never get tired of seeing to him just steamroll people in Paris. To get back to what we were talking about a few minutes ago, though, the only the only reason I think Serena might mm-hmm. come back is that she so desperately wants that major as a mom, and she's so close that I mean I I don't know that she's going to beat Osaka herself or even Andrescu or any of the other really great, but somebody else might. None of them are so consistent mm-hmm. that yeah, they won't run into someone else and Serena might cakewalk to a title. But I I, 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 I hadn't really even thought about her retiring until the way she acted in Australia. But then I heard Patrick Morata Glue or whatever his name is, the coach say, he, oh, wow. he doesn't okay. see her retiring anytime. Well, I mean, I, I hope she, she gets it. I mean, it's just, it, it's the grind happen. now. I mean, it's, I mean, it's but. a two week grind. I mean, yeah, she may she may look great that first week, but depending on how many hits she takes and you know it, it's it's gonna be hard for her. I mean, I, I think she's gonna find a way to get one. I really do, but man, it's, it's gonna take everything she's got to get that that final one, I think. Yeah, I think so too. That may be the one she walks away on if she gets it. At this point, I'm not betting on her getting it, but as long as she's making finals at Wimbledon, the U.S. Open every year, you got to think one of them might go her way. So I don't think she, until she starts getting knocked out in early rounds, I don't see her. That, that, it, it, oh, another thing is Venus is still that's playing. Fair. If Venus leaves the tour, that's a whole other thing. But and this, I keep thinking Venus's last year. I mean, her final <laughs> year true. was in like five years ago. But every now and then, she wins a big match and she keeps playing. So. It's uh as long as she's playing, I can see both of them out there. Mm-hmm. I just it'll be interesting to see what kind of Federer we see when he comes back, if he comes back. But I know that he's he's driven to play the Olympics one more time. I've oh yeah, there's that. there's absolutely I I, no there's way. No Zero way percent. He's not gonna have one more trip around Wimbledon. So I think we'll see him back by summer 
whether this will be the last U.S. Open. I don't know. I know, right? I, I might have had my uh, my shot and just completely missed it. Now, you know, obviously with my changes in my life. <laughs> right. But uh, that'll be interesting. I, we'll see how the rest of this year goes. I, after, you know, you and I were predicting a month ago whether we thought Tiger Woods would win a golf tournament. So there's no real it's reason true. to It's true. It's pretty eye-opening what can happen in a matter of week seconds. Week and we'll see. Uh, no. I, when, watch, I, when I uh, tell you that I've been just inundated in work and, and home life, I, I really have been disconnected from – the, the sports, well, not just the sports world, but a lot of what's been going on. <laughs> yeah, just the world in general, I, I, I need to catch up on. <laughs> the world in general. Yes, oh, yes, I did see that. <laughs> missing a three-foot putt. The oh, one good Lord. <laughs> yeah, yeah, to say the least. Um, yeah, it's pretty cringeworthy. That was pretty unexpected. That was a cool story, though. A kid from a uh, kid from Valencia that grew up going to that tournament with his dad every year. Yeah, uh, that was pretty cool. And, uh, winning. So I'll I'll, I'll get kicked in the gear eventually because cool. I mean now that you know golf is really about to really kick off. Um, you know I, I'm excited for it. I just got to find the time now. Oh, man, really? Yeah, I'm disappointed I'm going to miss the WGC event in Bradenton oh. this weekend. Yeah, they're playing at concession. But, uh, oh. When Mexico wouldn't let them in to play in Mexico City, they decided to move it to Florida. Well, eventually, we'll get to uh, the uh, Arnold Invitational. You'll, you'll have to come down. One, maybe, I mean, not this year, obviously, with everything going on. Yeah, exactly. Then uh, – because that's, that's got to happen. I mean, I've been down here too long to not go to that tournament. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty excited to make it there yeah, eventually. Hopefully, cool maybe even next year, anyway. we'll see what happens. I really do. I really have literally no excuse. I'm going to have to go by to myself because I don't know who's going to – I'm not going to be able to convince Hillary, Hillary to go out there with me and walk around that. All right, good deal. I'll go down there sometime. I'd go back. I'd be more inclined to go back to that than Augusta, just because I'll true. CBS does such a good job. There's no point in being out on the golf course when you can watch it on TV. But, but uh, with the players, I'd go you, with the mounding. Yeah, and everything, we'll, we'll get it done. Just about it's, as much. It's, as it's, it's on the short list. It'll happen. COVID. Well, anything else exciting you want to talk about? Uh, I saw on the internet. Trying the to think day, if I maybe I saw it, but it, no. I forgot what it was. <laughs> it was something yes. funny, like something. Oh, uh, Cam Newton. Oh my uh, God! I mean, I yelled out by they're they're both so Cam. far in the wrong that it's that it's sad that we that this even happened. But it, the, the fact that Cam has to go back at a fourteen-year-old kid or whatever. And tell him that he's that he's rich and that I mean it's no no it, it is funny I but just the fact that though. Cam feels like he has the need that he funny. has to go back at him I mean I think it's just silly I mean he, he <laughs> talks about how he, how he wants to lead a team and now 
you know, he's not retiring. He's not going out like that. But, I mean, you don't need to give a 14-year-old any bit of your time. No, but uh, I thought I thought people were too hard on the kid once I watched the video. I heard about what happened before I saw it, and it sounded like the kid was more messing around with him. He was just sort of talk, tr- just trash talking like he was funny, but I didn't. He was laughing while he was saying it. I thought it was like some dude was like. I mean, it kind of did, like, and know, obviously you don't know what happened right be before ugly. that because you know like the video just starts around. and you, you see what you see, but it did kind of have that feeling like you know there was some, some playful jabbing going on. But obviously, the dad got pretty pissed. <laughs> if you weren't, if you weren't worried about getting sued, I saw somebody on the internet said it would <laughs> be hilarious if Cam pulled in the wide up the receiver and he threw a slant right through the kid's chest. It really would. That would have been, been fantastic because they were talking about how yeah, exactly. anybody ever trash exactly. talk Michael and not have any camp. mercy on that kid. <laughs> Exactly. Just throw an absolute just rifle. Exactly. Just right through. Cam's going to pull that on that child. <laughs> I wish. In retrospect, I wish that's what, what we would have seen in the video. <laughs> I feel like you would have, too. <laughs> I feel like you would have done that. <laughs> Cam does a lot of great work in the community, though. I know you talk about it, tiger yeah, ex- influencing kids. There's a lot of kids yeah, exactly. in Atlanta. I mean, yeah, I mean, maybe he shouldn't have so given that 14-year-old any time of day, him. but just the fact that he was out there doing what he was doing. I mean, it's, it's hard to fault cam for, for all the good work he does. And, you know, that, that's not lost on me either. Before we go, no more, uh, no more movement on the QB yeah. carousel. Yeah. I think that's, talk, uh, I think except for Carson Wentz. Yeah, you're right. No one else besides Carson. So I guess the writing, the writing, uh, I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, I, Do you like that I'm still not sure Andy? what they think that Carson's going to give them that Jacoby didn't give them the year prior. Uh, I mean, is Jacoby the long-term answer in Indy? I mean, I don't think so. But, I mean, the fact that Carson gets to reunite with uh, Frank Reich, I mean, obviously he knows him more than anyone and can, you know, f- hopefully figure out what's going on with him. Um, overall, I – I think I'm okay with the trade, um, especially since I don't think Carson is as bad as as he was last year. I, I think there's a there's a happy medium somewhere there with Carson. So uh, I, I just I, I don't know. I I'm not sold, but I think it's okay. I wouldn't be surprised if Indy is back looking for a quarterback in a couple of years. But I mean, we'll see what happens. I mean. I'm not ready to call Carson a, a lost a lost cause yet. I don't know about you. No, I'm with you on all that. I, I, it probably was time for a break with him and the Eagles. I don't think if I'm the Eagles, I'm going into camp Absolutely. with Jalen Hurts not having any competition. I expect they're going to sign another quarterback. Uh, but for Indy, I I would be very surprised if this ends up being some huge home run uh, signing for a trade for them. But I think maybe it was worth it to try mm-hmm. to see if they can reclaim the 2017 magic with Frank Reich. No, I, I, don't, I don't think so. If I think there's a huge winner, no, in, I was just gonna say I don't think so all. either. To be quite honest, and it probably 
Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to – the only thing I was going to add was that I guess Indy knows being the same division with Deshaun yeah, Watson. No, I agree 100%. Nice there's, I mean, if Deshaun goes anywhere, it, it sure as hell won't be Indy, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Man, there'll be some fireworks going off in Indy. Unfortunately, that's been a good match. And, uh, yep, big sounds ben, like I it. I, I honestly, I thought he would be back for, back one, more for year. one more year. Um, I, I wasn't sure if, <laughs> I wasn't sure if, yeah, if they wanted him back, but, um, I, I think, yeah, <laughs> they wanted him back, but I, I thought he was going to play somewhere. Yeah, so, they may not. um, we'll see if this is the, uh, uh proverbial last stance for, uh, Ben and the Steelers. I think it will be. Yeah, I hope it is for both for both sides. Ben deserved a farewell year. Yeah, I think so too. The Steelers deserve him to move on after his farewell year. So maybe yeah, make I mean, definitely Juju took a step well back, and receivers didn't get um, a whole lot of help. Who knows if Juju's even going to be there um, next year? But I mean, I think he's the weapons are there. I think they're going to look for a few more weapons in the draft, especially at the running back position. Um, I think Najee Harris would be someone to uh to definitely look at. <laughs> we'll see what happens there, but um I, I think the potential is there for them for him to have another solid year with Pittsburgh and and, and to compete for I'm not going to say an AFC championship, but I mean the, the team is all around. I think the team can compete on a weekly basis. Yeah, they. They need to do everything they can yeah. to surround him with a supporting cast, befitting of the kind of career he's had there. And no, probably not. Uh, it would um, I don't think he'll be there, but I mean, crazier things have happened. I mean, there's a long way to go before uh, before week one, so um, I'll I'll count nothing out at this point. Yeah, we're all right. Well, we covered a lot tonight. Uh, Maybe we can do it again in a couple of weeks after some uh, some more stuff happens. It's nice to have a little yeah, I think so too. So um, yeah, we went a solid ninety minutes. So I think we could definitely do it uh, in two weeks. We'll, we'll see what happens, but I think two weeks is a good uh, a good thing to shoot for. By the way, before you go, or uh, um, as far as I know, it's it's about to it's about to start, or it's still you know in the process of cranking up. I, I'm not sure anything's going to get pushed back, but um, I guess that could change on a on a daily basis too. Well, I knew the uh, either I'm not sure which side. One side had approached the other. I think the I think uh, the owners approached the players' union mm, about I, starting. I don't think in late it's April it's being pushed back as of yet. Um, I think day. it's still on schedule, but um, I mean that that could change obviously any minute. So, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll get on okay, that. Well, I'm expecting a grapefruit <laughs> league report from you next time when we talk. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, uh, it's funny. I was going to text you this picture of the uh, Mount Dora. Uh, I guess it was one of their state championship uh, years, but I swear it looks like Anthony Edwards went to a Mount Dora high school. <laughs> I'll take a picture. I'll take a picture next time. Yeah, 
Oh yeah, it looks it looks exactly like Anthony Edwards. Oh, uh, they got to look alike. I, I did. Oh my lord! <laughs> did you uh, did you see him destroy Watanabe the other night? Yeah. Yeah, that was that's pretty insane. Anybody about sports so, lately, but that hey, needless to say, he can get up a little bit. Day. That's right. All right. Well, PGA Tour's down your way, and yeah, no. So I got a lot of work to do, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm ready for the challenge. What's going on in the next month? All right. Have a good one.